Aloha my kako, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Moana Nui podcast. I am your host, Moana, and tonight I am joined once again by my co-host, Dana. Hello, everyone. <laughs> tonight, we're really excited to have another amazing and talented guest on the show. Born in Philadelphia and raised all over the United States, Glenn Lawrence brings a unique perspective to comedy. His quick-witted style quirky point of view has uh, has allowed to grace stages all over the country from California to DC. In addition to being a seasoned performer, Glenn also produces content via his Level Up Comedy YouTube channel and various podcasts in the DC area, including My Fantasy Wife with comedian Blair Postman. Glenn has performed all over the country, including the, the Sundance Film Festival, and he has hosted and featured with comedians such as Tony Rock, Paris Sachet, Rob Mayer, Tommy Taylor Jr., Ramin Mustavi, and Frankie French. In addition to traveling to perform and produce, he's also a director, aspiring screenwriter, poet, and short story author. I Gotta Say Something Live from the Living Room is a totally self-produced and his first comedy special. Please go and check it out on YouTube. You can find Glenn at www.levelupcomedy.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Level Up Comedy. And let us now bring Glenn onto the show. Hey, what's going on? Hey. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Put you hey. in the spotlight there. Put you in the spotlight. Thank you. Aloha. <laughs> Aloha. <laughs> yeah, you were reading all those accolades and I'm like, damn, was that me? Did I really do all that? <laughs> talking about me. Okay. Exactly. You'd be surprised, you know, like the things that you do if you sit down and reflect. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, you know, sometimes you just put your head down and then you work really hard. And then when you look back, it's like, oh, damn, I did do like, you know, all those, you know, things. Um, so that, you know, that was kind of that was kind of cool. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Love the podcast. Um, I love uh, both of you guys. Uh, I love your dynamic and I'm really happy to be here. No, we're really excited to have you. Um, so yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourself and how you found yourself in comedy. Okay, well, uh, you know, I, I failed at marriage, so I figured, you know, <laughs> if you bomb at marriage, it can't be so bad <laughs> to bomb on stage. But no, um, you know, I was I was just, I'm kind of a kid of the country, I guess you would say. Um, like, I just moved around. I was a military brat, so I moved around, and I felt like that gave me a lot of perspective. Um, and taught me a lot of things. And, and then, you know, just been through just living life. I, I feel like I've been very observant, which kind of put me into the, I guess, the, the, um, the craft of, of being an observer for entertainment. And that's kind of, you know, what I, what I do here. Um, yeah, I ended up in Arlington after moving from like California to, or from Philadelphia to California to Virginia again. And, I don't know. I mean, that's that's kind of like the the what I did as as like a kid. And then I always just had like an eye for television and film and all that type of stuff. And it kind of got me into the, the filmmaking thing. And then later in life, I I figured because I just was always good at meeting people moving around so much. I, I figured, uh, like, how can I use my natural talents um, to, to get paid or to, to do something in? Uh, I hopped on stage one time and I was like, oh, this is what I this is what I've been doing. Like my whole life, I've just been, you know, saying, you know, funny things, interesting observations, and people laugh at them. And now, you know, it's like something I could get uh, paid to go on stage and do. 
Yeah, so I don't know if that was a, a compact. I, I probably should have uh, mapped out where my where no, no, where no, my no. <laughs> before because it was kind of all over the place. But yeah, that's kind of my genesis. I just been all over the country, and you know, um, found found comedy, and then just kind of ran with it. Once I, you know, it's like once you find that thing that like that you knew you should be doing, and then you like grab a hold of it. It's just like. Oh, I should have been here the whole time. Like, why did not? Why did I start this at thirty something? Why didn't I? I'm not going to tell you which thirty, but why didn't I start this <laughs> much earlier? Like in my, you know, twenties or something like that. Like, why didn't I start way yeah. earlier? Wait till, wait till you hit the forty. I did. I did. That was that was what I was talking about in the in the special about how I'm mm-hmm. older now and like, you know, it's just things change. They change so rapidly for you. Um, you know, and, and being older, I feel like it's given me a, a perspective. I, like, I think if I tried to do comedy when I was younger, I probably wouldn't have had the perspective that I do now. You know what I mean? So I could look back on those years and talk about them, but with the eye of somebody who's much older, you know what I mean? So, um, I think it makes it a little bit more well-rounded. Now, um, many com- comedians have been inspired by like Red Fox, Robin Harris, uh, Eddie Murphy and more, but a lot of comedians and directors have profited off of making fun of other cultures, uh, disabilities, genders, and such. With the increased social awareness and political correctness, has this broadened your comedy and your writing, or do you find it suppresses a lot of creativity? I think it actually, I think it makes you a better... I think it makes you a better comedian, and here's why. Um, every joke has a target. No matter what joke you're talking about, it has a target, even if you're talking about something, you know, like an ugly building or something. Somebody designed that building. Somebody made that building. There's always going to be a target. But the, the, where, where a comedian, when, where their bread is buttered, is being able to thread that needle between uh, finding a target in something, making other people observe it and, and laugh at it, but not harming, I feel like, the, the person that uh, is a target. Like, I could make a joke about either one of you two in a way that you would you would both laugh at it, right? But then I could also make a joke in a way where, you know, Moana might laugh at it, but you would be really hurt by it. And then there's also a way to make it where both of you are offended. You know what I mean? And nobody laughs. So I think a, a true comedian is able to to thread that needle where everybody laughs at the joke, even the person who is the target and who is uh, in on it. And I think um, for me, it was never, it's never been an issue or been a problem because I've always approached everything I do with love. So, you know, even if I, even if somebody is a target, I, you know, I, in my heart, I'm a person who kind of tries to exude love. And I think you can feel that, you know what I mean? Like, I think when you, even if you hear a joke, you know, if your family member jokes about you, you can feel when it's like, when it's like out of love and when like, yo, you're trying to cut, like, hold on. Like, you know, there's just that little bit of like, little bit of heat on it when they're not saying it in a loving way that it's just like, yo, hold up. What, like, what, that was a little, but, um, you know, I, I, I think there are two things. I think in terms of the person who's, who's giving the joke out, um, they need to be aware of that. And for me, like I said, it's not a problem because I approach everything with love. But I think also the people who are receiving it, need to understand um, where it's coming from. Because I think nowadays there's so many people who have been hurt and there's so much hurt to go around. A lot of people aren't trying to let it go or they're not trying to laugh. 
like they're like people are hurt and they want people to know that they're hurt. So mm. they don't they don't approach it at a point of like, OK, all you know, let's let's uh, let's have a laugh until we can, you know, figure that out. Um, and and people are hurt less. I think we're going to keep seeing that, you know, if you're not accommodating for certain people, then then there's going to be a lot of um, there's going to be a lot of anger and people aren't you know, it's a lot easier for me to joke about you know, uh, something that's going on with your culture, if your culture is thriving. So uh, that's the thing. So, you know, like, like there's a lot of uh, white people jokes now, right? They don't care because it's like, yo, we winning. But now it's getting a little bit tougher out there. You know what I'm saying? With everything. So now people are like standing up like, that's bullshit. <laughs> too. You know what I mean? Like, once, <laughs> once people start hurting, then all of a sudden you're not able to like laugh. And I think I think that's the good thing about comedy. It can it can actually like um, lessen that and allow people to to you know look at themselves and, and laugh a little bit. But I think the the temperature in the country's got to get toned way down, and there's got to be a less hurt that is happening all around the country before we can get to the point um, where we're all laughing together again. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because like now the biggest thing is the whole Karen aspect that <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. You got to make care positive again. It's like, well, if you yeah. if y'all stop making it so obvious, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, it's uh, it's funny because I try to, I don't know, um, you know, I don't know if it was, uh, well, you know, I'll just say this. I try to uh, put this in in my special, and I try to talk about that in in my art, and try to bring it out and bring it to light in my art. And I hope that, you know, people receive it as such. You know what I'm saying? Um, because of the pandemic, everything was shut down. We didn't have a lot of time to to do open mics and practice and hone like we would normally do. Um, so I know there, there's definitely some meat on the bones of, of some of those jokes. But I definitely was trying to to attack that because, you know, that that uh, that's a real thing. You know what I mean? Like. It's a real fear that I have as a black man going out if that's going to happen to me. Like, even if I wanted to help somebody, I got to I got to second guess whether I should help in this situation just because, you know what I mean? Like, I may be the one who's who's viewed as like doing something wrong or whatever. So um, it's it's a real thing in society. But I tried to speak to it a little bit and maybe help people be just like, huh, I never thought of it like that. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. So do you think, um, question from the audience, do you believe people are just too thin-skinned nowadays? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I definitely think there's that, but I also think there's um, a certain degree of people not taking responsibility for, like, what they're putting out into the world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there, it, there's both sides of it. You know what I mean? Like, people got to be able to take a little bit more, and then people got to be able to to, uh, you know, to dish it out in a more kind of a caring way. I was just watching uh, Chris Rock special and he has a great joke on there about how like we kind of need bullies. Like when I was growing up, bullies are a way that I figured out how to navigate life. And now we're trying to like take that away. And I, I just view it as, you know, there's a lot of people who went through a lot of things and now they're trying to stop their children or other people from experiencing those things. Now, mm. to some degree, that's good. But to some degree, that isn't that life, you know, isn't that life like, you know, you, you fall down and ski and uh, skin your knee from uh, riding a skateboard, but it teaches you like, okay, let me maneuver better when I'm riding that skateboard. If you never fall down, then all of a sudden you don't have that fear anymore but it's still like a danger and you don't know how to navigate it. And I think that's a, that's a thing that um, people aren't, aren't thinking about, you know, they're trying to 
like block everybody out from any type of pain or hurt, not realizing that that life is that life yeah. is pain, and you're gonna have to get it now. You know, to what degree? I guess we can all argue, but I think to some degree we do have to have a little bit of a thicker skin. <laughs> yeah, I and, on that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really appreciate that perspective. It, it's very true. Like you know, yeah. I, I definitely remember like some you know harder things or that you know as I was growing up, it was more mentors like pushing me in a way, right? Like. Mm -hmm. But it helped me, like, it toughens you up and it prepares you, like you said, for real life. So, yeah, that, that's a good met somebody who's never been punched? Have you ever met somebody who's never, like, hit, <laughs> been hit or whatever? Like, they usually say, like, some really silly shit. And you're like, like, what? why would you think that you could just get away with that? Right. It's like, oh, you've never, you've never been physically, like, assaulted to know that you can't say shit like that. <laughs> like, like once, you, once you realize, oh, like, there's a real physical threat from, you know, spouting off at the mouth, then, then you... you <laughs> You change it different. And and I'm not advocating for like physical violence. What I'm saying is yeah. you're more aware of how you treat people when you know that it can lead to you also being harmed. Yeah. Like my husband would say, wrap them in a beat and get a little bit of respect out of them. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, so um, when did you realize that your quirky point of view was beneficial to becoming a comedian? I think the first time I, I like, Oh, you know what it was? I was, I was, uh, <laughs> like I, um, I moved around a lot, you know, and I just, I just kind of got along with people. And as I got older and I started reading and, and figuring out what was going on with me, I figured out, oh, that was a coping mechanism and how I, you know, how I coped with being in different environments all the time, figuring out funny, right? Um, you know, plus my family was always laughing. Um, but there was this one time I was playing basketball and I was just being me. And like I like like I did something, and then one of my friends is like, "Man, you're real funny," and just it like clicked in my head. It was like, "Huh, I am funny." <laughs> like, oh, I did okay. I guess I am. But then um, when I actually hopped on, when I actually um, went to like a comedy show with another one of my friends, and I was like, "Man, I think I could do that," because you know you're watching comedy, and I'm sure you guys have seen it, and you think to yourself, like, "Damn, I." I could do that. Like I could get on stage and, and say that, you know what I mean? And I was, I was doing that. I said that. And then one of my friends was like, well, get on stage, take a picture. Um, you know, like visualize, visualize yourself in that situation. And then I did it. So took the picture and this was before I started comedy. So took the picture of doing it. And it was kind of like at that moment, it was kind of just like a talking, talking shit type of thing. Went there, took the picture. And then years later, I went back and actually um, attempted it. And once again, I was in the elevator and I was just talking shit to one of my neighbors. And I was like, yeah, I was thinking about doing comedy. And he was like, oh, yeah, I, I, I do. I used to do comedy. I write comedy and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, word. So then we just got together and we started writing. And then he was like, uh, we should put a date on it. Like when we're going to go and actually go practice it, go to one of these mics and do it. And so everything built up to that date. And I went out there and, you know, a bunch of people came to see me and then I did it. And it went well, right? Like, I felt like it went well. My friends enjoyed it. And I was like, oh, man, this is great. Like, why haven't I been doing this before? Now, I did record myself. So I looked back at the video. And I was like, oh, that was trash. Like, now that I look at, like, I look, I've been doing it for a minute. And I look back, I'm like, oh, that wasn't good at all. That was not great. But I think it was just the, the energy and just kind of how I am 
um, carried me through. And that's just been something, you know, I, I, I've always been able to get in front of people and just talk, say something. If there needs to be an announcement, I'm, you know, I'm cool with doing it. If there's something crazy going on, um, you know, I'm like, I'll, I'll be like, all right, let's, you know, be the one to kind of calm it down. Like, I don't have a problem of getting in front of people and, and talking. And, uh, you know, those are kind of some of the key moments that let me be like, oh, I should, I, maybe I should do this. So uh, you recently self-produced a special called Live from the Living Room. Tell us a little bit about it and what inspired the skit. So actually, I changed I changed the name to I Gotta Say Something, right? And it, it was live from the living room. But the day that I was shooting it, Kevin Hart came out with his special. And that was his big thing, live from the living room. And I was just like, man, like, I like what what am I supposed to do now? But I had like the idea for it and like kind of the artwork and all all that stuff worked up for it. Um, and I just I thought it was cool because um Usually what happens is I'll be in my living room and I'll just I'll have, you know, my microphone. As a matter of fact, I got my microphone right here. And I'm just in my living room practicing just like this, just da -da 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 -da, saying roasting my pillows, talking about my decor. And that's how I get my like stage presence. Right. Um, so I was doing that. And then sometimes my friends will come up. So I was like, man, you know what I should do? I should do um, a special where that's the that's the artwork where it's like a guy in his living room, kind of like, I don't know if you've seen It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, like uh, with Charlie Day, where he has that, there's that image of the conspiracy theory where he's like standing up there and he's just like, ah, and then like there's all the conspiracy theory posters and stuff like that in the background. I was like, yo, I think that would be kind of cool. Like if someone's in their living room, but instead of having like a pen or a Sharpie, I have the microphone. So that, so the artwork is what kind of came first. And then, you know, it's just a lot of, like, you know, seeing what was going on in kind of the world on the internet and stuff. It's just like, man, I feel like I should, I got to start, I got to start somewhere. I got to start saying something somewhere. And I felt like it was a good jumping off point to, to start doing that. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to do a special, put it out earlier, but the pandemic changed things and the whole concept. Um, so I was like, I, I feel like I got to speak to like this day and, and age, this time, but then also kind of prepare for the thing I wanted to do, which was um, Kites from the Crate, which is the, the next special that's going to come out in 2021 sometime. Um, but yeah, that was kind of what inspired it. It was just like, I'm always practicing in my living room. And then I love It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So so thinking like, man, I could, I could like marry those two, like put the artwork in the motif of, of that uh, famous kind of uh, meme or picture. Do you guys know what I'm talking about though? The Charlie Day thing with like where he has all the, where he has like, he's like standing there and he has all the artwork or whatever. You know, I think no? so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Wait, I'll find it. I'll pull it up so people can see what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm really like, I was really excited about the, uh, <laughs> about what I, you know, the artwork that I made, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and how like I, I married those two things. I was like, oh, hold on, let's see. Let's see if I can. All right. Ask me a question I'll, while, while I'm looking for it. I'll, okay, uh, okay, okay. So it takes a lot of grit to stand up in front of large crowds of strangers um, and attempt to make them laugh. Do you have... Uh, like, how do you psych yourself up and do you have a ritual before you get on stage? I do, actually. As a matter of fact, uh, my ritual is I meditate for eight minutes and that consists of, um, what is it? It's uh, like five minutes of deep breath while I'm uh, listening to um, binaural beats or um, like, like soothing music, you know, and then 
I do a three minute ohm. So I don't know if you guys do yoga or um, uh, like anything like that, but uh, ohm is uh, it's basically where you kind of, you know, you exhale in a certain way that it, it makes a certain sound and then you bring it back and it's supposed to be like kind of the resonance of the universe or whatever and kind of bring that all in. So a five minute breath and then a three minute ohm and then I'm ready to go. Do you use those bowls? There's like just just something about the I sound. I don't have those bowls. I want. I think I want. I want one of those bowls. I want to get one of those bowls. I yeah. don't have it, but I want to get one. <laughs> yeah, I had a friend who's a massage therapist, and um, during one of our sessions, you know, she did that thing, and I was like, "What was that? That was amazing." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it feels, it feels really good, right? Like the to, to hear it, and then it's just like. Um, I don't know. It's just like really soothing, but that's what it is. It's like the, there's a vibration Mm -hmm. uh, within the universe, you know, that I think every, that everyone can like tap into. And I try to tap into that before I go on stage and usually it's worked out well, you know? So that's, but that's my, that's my, that's my thing that I, I don't know if it's weird or whatever, but that's my thing. That's what I do. I go and I meditate um, for eight minutes total, but five minute breath, three minute home, and then go out there and try to crush it. Probably end up if you did end up with the bowls, you probably have like the other comedians back there home with you. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, you know, it's funny though because you know not a lot of people do it, and then you know I kind of get with like other comedians are just like, "What, yo, what is he doing?" or whatever. Because I'll go into the bathroom, and then you just hear me going home, and people are like, "What, like what, what is happening right now?" But you know, that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to. I don't know. I'm trying to ohm it up. Right. There you go. Bring it well, home. There you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, see, that's a shirt right there. Bring it home. Home. Bring it home. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, all creators tend to battle with imposter syndrome and mental Ooh. roadblocks. Who are the people that make up your support system? Um, AKA your board of directors that Ooh. help you see beyond the self doubt and grow? Um, so, so number one, from the beginning, from my genesis is, you know, my, my uh, mother, sister, and grandmother have instilled in me like a supreme sense of uh, self-confidence and self-esteem. Um, and they're, they always keep me, keep me going. Now, my mother never thinks like any of my jokes are funny. She's, she's just like, she's like, oh, you should, I don't, I don't even get that one. You should talk more about the family. And I'm just like, I don't, I think I should, I think I, you know, I think it's funny. People laugh. She's like, mm, well, people don't know what they're laughing at nowadays. <laughs> That's, but, you know, it's like, if, if, if I go to her with a joke and then she doesn't, think it's funny like i'm like okay this one might work (laughs) (laughs) um so so those those three those are that's like my genesis and my growing up currently it's my uh my wife um i i recently got married uh my wife stephanie is she's really been in my corner yeah and she's she's amazing i bounce things off her quite a bit and you know there's like a little twinkle in her eye when i come up with an idea that's going to be a good one where she's just like yes that's 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 good you know what i mean and then sometimes like you know sometimes i'm like i think every idea is great and then she won't agree and i'll be really annoyed cuz i'm just like like what are you talking about like that's another one of my great ideas stephanie like what <laughs> and then you know but then it's it, it's really good cuz it does make me go back to the drawing board even though i'll be like 
you know, like annoyed and think about it. And then we come up with things um, together. We started this uh, comedy company together, Level Up Comedy, um, where, you know, we, we were running shows and everything before the pandemic. She's, she's helped me come up with a, a lot of the concept art. She's, she was acted in some of the skits and sketches that we've done before. Um, and yeah, she's just, she's just an all around, you know, awesome person. Um, and then there's been a lot of people who are just been kind of like on the journey as I've been doing comedy that have been, uh, super helpful as, as well. Um, you know, there, there's, there's, there's so many that have, uh, just given me a little bit of a space to, to say something, let me work out when I was growing, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. when you're first starting out, it's, you know, I feel like with singing, it's like very apparent that you're good at it. You know what I mean? Like as soon as you put work, like get on the microphone and start saying words, we were like, Oh my goodness, that's so beautiful. Whereas, you know, with comedy, it's just like, Oh, like, you know, until you figure out, how to say things and how to bring it across. And then people look like, yo, that was great. You know what I mean? But it takes a moment for people to, to actually um, develop that voice. Whereas singing, you just kind of, you kind of have it, you can hone it a little bit. And then with comedy, I feel like it, it's not quite the same, but you can hone it in the same way. So, so yeah, man, there's been a lot of people. I mean, every, I feel like everyone that I meet though, um, kind of helps me a little bit along the way because I, I very much believe that we're all connected um, and and any energy that anybody's ever given off or given me, I, I take that as a little piece of uh, me. So, you know, mm -hmm. I just feel like my success is everyone's success because I, I, I'm soaking up everything from, from all those around me. Awesome. Has your wife like started, uh, a lot of times with comedians, their, their wives or people around them start uh, taking a little bit of that funny bug and she has she like especially when she bring you bring those ideas has she become like a little snarky like yeah that that was a great idea like um like creating the atomic bomb yeah that was a great idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah well she I mean so she she knows that she is the most hilarious person ever and occasionally I will disagree, <laughs> uh, but she, you know, she's, she's really funny and she's been on stage before and she has some really great comedy. And um, there's a lot of things that, that she says that sometimes I'm very grateful that she, you know, isn't on stage. And I'm like, Oh, great. I can use that. Um, <laughs> but she, she is really funny and the, and the bug did get her. So she did get on stage and she's performed in front of a good number of people. I think there was like 70 people there or 50 or 60 people in between 50 and 70 people. I don't know. I can't count. Um, I can't count that high. Um, I lost it after <laughs> you know, all the computers um, came and started auto-correcting. Um, but there was a bunch of people there and she got on stage and and it was great. She uh, showed her stuff and, you know, I was really proud of her. She's very funny. She's got um, so, some comedic timing, um, but, you know, I'm the, I'm the funny one. I'm the like arbiter of funny in the family. So <laughs> I, I, I deem her as funny, you know, occasionally, but she's like, I'm funny all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> but uh nah she's she's pretty hilarious the funny bug has gotten her and we got the dog involved too like we have a little dog and our, i feel like our dog has so much like comedic talent and ability because that dog it, it's, it's just she's just so funny to me and i that's why the the next special i think i do is going to have a large portion of dog jokes there's going to be a lot of <laughs> A, like doggy. So if you're a dog owner, you'll probably like the next special because it's, it's, you know, it's coming from a guy who didn't have a dog to like just observing 
all the funny shit dogs do, you know? <laughs> it's just wild. Uh, I can't wait. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's hilarious, you know? It's like, uh, like, have you ever thought, like, I mean, I feel like in a dog's head, they would be, like, very confused about, like, why do y'all design these fancy-ass rooms to shit in? You just <laughs> have no area, and you're shitting it. I don't understand. What's all this pageantry? You build whole houses around places to shit. You just walk, you sniff it, you shit in it. <laughs> I, I 100% feel like that's, you know, in the inner workings of, like, a dog brain. Like it's it's a, funny you say that because I was thinking about writing a children's book from a dog's perspective. Oh, really? It's so great. Oh, here I'll tell you. I'll tell you this one story that was that was fun. I don't know if it's going to go in the in the thing, but you, you tell me if it's funny. So um, the dog used to live with my girlfriend. At, she was then my girlfriend, and so she you know lived in this townhouse or whatever. And the dog had never visited my apartment. And then so when she came to live with me, then the dog came here as well. And, you know, uh, you know, the dog's potty trained and everything and everything is uh, fine. It doesn't like pee or anything in the house. And so like I I was going to the restroom. I think she was gone and I was like taking a shit and I left the door open because, you know, I was a single. I was a bachelor. That's what Mm -hmm. I used to do. There's no why shut the door. It's my house. No one else is here. You know what I mean? But then the dog was there. So then the dog walks into the bathroom and is kind of just like looking at me as I shit. And I'm just like, oh, you know, like, hey, Sadie, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, this is this is awkward, but okay, all right. You know, I pet her and then she goes along her way and then I finish my shit. And then so like, you know, it's like 2.30 in the morning and then I, I wake up and I walk in there and there's like shit all over the floor. And and so so I looked at her, I was like, what the fuck? Because she doesn't shit in the house or whatever. And then in my mind, I started thinking about it and I'm like, oh, she was probably like, oh, this is a shitting room. This is where we shit. Okay, cool. I guess I'll just shit here. Like, I don't need to go outside. I'll just shit in the shitting room. This is where you shit. This is where I shit. Everybody, everybody's happy, right? I, like, I felt like she was so confused. <laughs> I'm like, why, why can't I shit in the shitting room? Why do I have to go outside? Uh, but it was just a funny moment where I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, that's that, that one was on me. I should have closed the door shit <laughs> in here because she thought that this was where she was supposed to shit. Oh, that's hilarious. You should definitely put that one in there. <laughs> she thought it was a shitting room, man. It was great. So what advice would you give to an up-and-coming comedian to level up their game in not just navigating the field, but also working through the pandemic? Oh, shit. Quit. Just find another... Find another passion and try that. Uh, I mean, comedy is a comedy is a different thing. What I would say is write, keep writing, keep uh, keep writing and practice. You know, that's what you're going to need. I mean, the thing is, we don't know what things are going to look like once uh, mm-hmm. all of this is done. You know what I mean? Like how comedy is going to look. So I think you just have to kind of find your own path. But as long as you keep writing and keep practicing, whatever whatever avenue you take within comedy is probably you're probably going to be uh, pretty successful because you've been thinking about it a lot. You've been putting things on paper or or typing them down, however you do it, um, and you've been performing them. And those are kind of the the key prerequisites to being successful. Now, um, it was mentioned in your introduction that you performed at the Sundance Film Festival. Yeah, can you tell us? Um, a little bit about your experience there. Um, so I've been to Sundance a couple of times, a few times. Um, and this was, it was kind of cool because I was actually in a movie that year as well. 
Um, it was called Traveling While Black, and it um, it was up for an Oscar for Best Virtual Reality Experience. So it was cool because I was in that movie, right? And then I was there because I am an investor in this company called Legion M, um, which is like kind of the first fan-owned studio, entertainment studio, and that's like kind of their their big thing. And, you know, it's like really interactive. You could talk to the people there. So I was, you know, they were having this, the lounge, which I had been to the previous year. And I was like, you know, it'd be great. We should do like a, we should do like a open mic or do a show here. And I was like, I'll host it or whatever. So I came out there and um, they were really cool. They were like, yeah, let's give it a go. So they made up some, you know, they made up a little flyer, a little poster for it. And then we had the the open mic, you know, during the festival, it was like at one of the parties or whatever. So, you know, that was a really cool experience. I, you know, looking back on it now, I'm like, ooh, I'm I'm very lucky that it turned out successful because it could have not been great. You know what I mean? Like I was I was still pretty new into comedy or whatever, but I was kind of just fearless. I'm like, man, whatever. I'm just gonna do this thing. You know what I mean? Like I'm like I want to do it. I'm hungry. I'm just I'm just gonna do it. So you know, went out there, had some really cool comedians come out there with me. Um, um, Gaston, um, who's a, a friend of mine. He's a, a comedian. He travels all over Africa and. Um, you know, just about all over the world uh, doing comedy. And then Christina Payne, who's another great comedian who, you know, she travels all over as well. Um, she's out on the West Coast now, I believe, but she came out there with me and we put on this show. We kind of just hosted it. And then it was kind of like an open mic where anybody else who's a comedian could come out and just tell some jokes uh, at this thing. And there, you know, there was a good amount of people there. Um, it was, it was like, it's kind of like any other open mic that you, if you've ever been to the comedy scene, like on the comedy scene, it's like any other open mic that you've been to, like, you know, it's kind of a bar and people were like, oh, there's comedy now. Like it was kind of <laughs> like that. It was sanctioned by Legion M and it was at the Sundance Film Festival. So I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm putting that on the resume that counts, you know, like uh, I'm claiming it, but it's great. I love Sundance because I do love film and, um, I've, you know, I've done some short films, um, I have a few of them out, um, and I just, I really love telling stories, man. And I think that's what I do in my comedy too, is like tell a story. And I think one of the best ways to paint a story is through, um, a movie or a film. And I think, you know, I think I've learned a lot of what, I, what I've learned in life through watching movies and really, uh, looking for and getting the message in them. And sometimes, you know, maybe I'll look look for a message that wasn't there. But I think that's the whole point of the film. You put that story out there and then people take what they want from it and, yeah. and glean it. So, you know, I, I really feel like that is, um, that is my plight to be kind of a storyteller. Like that is the, the, um, the uh, profession, the craft that, you know, I'm taking out, taking up uh, above, above all else. And, and the comedy is just like a, like kind of a natural thing, but I think the craft and the profession would be storytelling that I, you know, move on to, but Sundance is beautiful. I love it. I, I hope it comes back in, in all its glory. Yeah. I've always wanted to go. I'm, I'm a big fan of like the independent film, you know, yeah. new ideas, new things. And just, it's, there's, there's like a buzz in the air. It feels great. Uh, you should go. Do you like skiing? Have you ever been skiing? I have, but I'm not so great with skiing. Like my sister used to love it. I think my bones are now a little bit too old. Right. I'll probably fall flat on my face and 
break a leg or something. I don't know. Well, I'm I'm glad that I did it earlier. And you know, I feel like you you know, if you went out there, you don't have to ski, but it's right, it's right there if you wanted to. I've been out there three times and I haven't skied any of those times. But it's uh it's nice. The the town is really, really nice. The people are really, really nice. You know, there's just this feeling of the air. There's all these creators and new ideas buzzing around and opportunities right around the corner. And, it, you know, you're hanging out and then, you know, you can find yourself at a party with, you know, Wu-Tang or whatever, you know, like, like, like what? Because when I went out there last time, they had their um, their documentary um, and they had a party out there. I didn't I wasn't able to get into the party, which was upsetting. But uh, <laughs> but next time I'm figure out how to get in there but yeah man sundance is beautiful you should you should just do it just be like you know what caution to the wind book the ticket go <laughs> i will think about it for sure whenever we can travel again right yeah exactly. exactly i know people are still traveling um so what so we talked a little bit about the next episode what what else is next for you um you know what should we look be on the lookout for in 2021 and beyond so right now there's a, a project that I've been working on for a while, and it's a documentary about um, comedy um, during kind of this era, the the pandemic era. Uh, and, you know, my idea was when I first, when this first happened, I was on stage basically nightly. Um, and I couldn't figure out what I should do with comedy in this new era of not being able to go out because we're stuck inside. And I thought it was a very like kind of important and, and crazy time, um, you know, within the world. And, uh, you know, at a, at, to a certain degree, I was like, like this, this time seems very, you know, like dangerous, you know, and maybe, maybe we've told too many jokes. Maybe that's how we got here. Like we didn't take enough things seriously. Maybe we should take it seriously. So um, I had stopped performing, but I was like, if I'm feeling this way, then other comedians are probably feeling this way. Um, so, you know, being a filmmaker, I was like, maybe I should document it, make a documentary on it. Um, you know, and if somebody else is doing a documentary on it, I don't think they're talking to the funny people that I know. Um, and if, nobody is doing it. I feel like somebody should, somebody should get like a comedian's point of view on what's going on because it's a very important time. And now we see how even more important it is with, you know, everybody talking about like, uh, like the first amendment and freedom of speech and all that type of stuff. I think it would, I think, um, I think comedians will be able to, to actually tell people like, Hey, this is really like what freedom of speech is about. Not you know, not not necessarily like like I think we'll be able to put it into a way where people can understand like like it's not free like you can't <laughs> freedom of speech isn't being able to over like talk about overthrowing the government and making people do it. That's not necessarily freedom of speech. You know what I mean? And thinking like, you're not going to get punished for it. <laughs> and thinking you're not going to get punished for it. It's not freedom from consequences. You know what I mean? But yeah. um, but I but you know there there is going to be like a kind of a change in in how things are going and I think comedians are going to kind of be on the forefront of making sure that we all have have and retain our ability to speak freely especially in this country um and and we'll have to know you know what that means and what that looks like um without you know causing things that are so uh you know dangerous with within the country you know anytime i hear somebody talking about like oh we can't let that person speak it always it always worries me because you know it's great when you're the person and this kind of goes back to your first question uh dana uh like where it was 
you know, like like people are getting upset about certain things and, and what's being said. And when you start saying, I don't want to hear that person say that thing, that's fine, right? Because it's you and you're like, I'm offended. I don't want to hear this person say say the thing. But when the shoe is on the other foot, then someone is telling you, you can't say the thing that you say. And they think they're just as right as you are. You know what I mean? So so at a certain point, it's like you got you have to um, allow things to be heard, but we have to actually, you know, have better deductive reasoning to to figure out what things should not be listened to and what things, you know, kind of fail. But my whole point being, I feel like comedians are going to lead us in that way because we stand on the edge of that. Um, so part of this documentary is kind of exploring that, talking about that, but then also talking about everything that we've gone through um, from from our lens on, you know, the country being shut down, the pandemic and and all that type of thing. Um, so I, I'm really excited to to uh, come out with that. Um, I think we just found out we just figured out a name for it, but I'm a little bit scared to say the name because we're still kind of in discussions of what the name should be. But I, I think we figured it out. But yeah, comedy documentary is coming. I'm going to do another special uh, that's coming out, and then I'm going to do a podcast with my um, with my friend. Uh, it's called the Black Irish Podcast. Um, so that's going to come out pretty pretty soon here. So with that pandemic um, special that you plan on doing, uh, would there the be a segment dealing with the documentary? Would there be a segment about the twisted tea? You know, that's the big thing right now about the whole twisted tea <laughs> aspect. <laughs> You know what? That that just you know it's funny. I've done I've done most of the interviews for it, um, but things keep popping up. That's what's so crazy. It's like so I started it out, and it's like okay, let's talk about COVID or whatever. And then all of a sudden, it's like the the racial protests they start breaking out, and then that's you know totally uh, crazy. Um, you know, and then you know during that time, also right before that, Joe Exotic had come out. So you know <laughs> that you know like. Like it went, th and then the election happened. You know what I'm saying, or like leading up to the election. So all that happened. Uh, so that was crazy. And then we went on lockdown again. And then the vaccine came out. So it just kept going. And then all of a sudden, we get a new president. And then there's like you know this overthrow of the cap. So it's like it keeps rolling. Like every time I'm like, all right, well we're gonna focus on this thing. And then some new shit like pops up. And it's like, oh, I guess we. I mean, we got to cover that. You know what I mean? Like so, because um, people are probably gonna want to hear what was going on there. Um, but the twisted T thing, I think we need more twisted T's in this world. You know, twisted T hit the jackpot. I mean, I feel like that's so crazy. You can have a product that you've had out for years, and it just takes one dude slapping the shit out of someone being ignorant, and all of a sudden you go viral. You're like, yo, we've been marketing for years. We can't get, we can't get people, to and now everybody's drinking twisted T. That's that's the best product product placement with no advertisement costs ever. Oh, <laughs> Hey, Between that and Popeyes, yeah, but but the way that the can exploded was so perfect. It it like it just busted. It was like a movie. <laughs> you could have just scripted that one better. <laughs> but the thing that I liked about that video the most was so so the dude flipped the tea like he flipped it and he was thinking he was going to catch it and then he dropped it and I think I think. The guy who got hit in the face, he got hit with the extra force because the dude failed in his flip. He so he was mad because he didn't catch the flip that he meant to catch. So so then he got a little extra sauce on it when he hit it. He's like, he, he like, you know when you like try to do something cool and then it messes up, and then that just makes you even angrier. 
I, think that, I don't know if a lot of people peep that, but like he tried to flip it and catch it, and then he dropped it, and then I think that made him even angrier. Where he's like, you know what? Ah, and he just you know, <laughs> he took all of it out. He took all of his uncoordination out on him too. I think between the original and all the remix videos that people have done um, yeah. with a lot of this stuff, it's like, yeah, it makes it even better with the remix videos with, put with the music meme, put to it and everything. Yeah, I put a meme out with, uh, you know, like with all the Capitol thing, there was that guy who was taking the podium out and just like waving <laughs> or whatever. So I put a meme where like the guy, the twisted tweak, the twisted, the twisted T guy was there, like, put it back, <laughs> like, right before he hit him <laughs> to the face, which I thought was great. Oh, yes. Yeah, now people are doing like remix videos of the people getting um, rejected at the airport for the no fly. Oh, man. (laughs) Look, I, you know, I just like, listen, you know, I have white friends and and white people, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're great. Like some of the friends that I have are great, but it must be great to be like, like white in America. It's like, hey, what did you do? Oh, you know, we just stormed the Capitol, stole a podium, went home, made some pot roasts. You know, like they came skipping out of the, the Capitol like everything was fucking fine and dandy. Like, you don't think you're in trouble for that? Like, that, that's pretty major, bro. <laughs> like, you really thought that that was all good? Like, they're walking know. out with that white privilege card was like, I'm good. <laughs> Like, I mean, but listen, listen, here's what I, the thing I thought was crazy about it is they were strolling out. You know what I'm saying? Like, when niggas do something, we like, we ducking and dodging and shit. Like, you know what I mean? Trying to get away. They went strolling, like, yep, just, uh, just went ahead and, uh, you know, ransacked the Capitol. That's all today. And then they went home and fucking made dinner. Like, everything was fine. It's like, it was funny. There was like this tweet, and it was like this guy was just like, yeah, we went and we did the, thing or whatever and then his tweet's like wait why is the FBI calling me now and then it's like deleted <laughs> his Twitter account or whatever it's like yeah bro yeah yeah thank you for the photographic evidence yeah or the crazy. Facebook lives that everybody was doing yeah. while they were there no but you could tell how <laughs> this is why this is why listen if you're very upset about what's going on you should have you should have listened to black people more because we would have told you we would have been the first ones don't say your full name on the video dumb dumb <laughs> they're just like yeah my name's Kevin LeWayne Alexander and I stormed the Capitol I stole the podium uh you know and there's like, like and I'm from I'm from Alexander, Mississippi. <laughs> I'm from Alexander, Mississippi. I came here. We're trying. Like the one lady looked into the cameras, like we're trying to overthrow the government. <laughs> like, that's treason. You can't. You just submitted to treason and to the camera. What are you doing? You can't do that. Um, I, it just, I, you know, hey, what? But I, you know, they really think that they own things, and they, 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 there wouldn't be any repercussions. And it's just like, yo, that's. That's a wild mindset to have that, like, you can do that. But, hey, you know, uh, I, I don't know, you know, $1,800 over the course of, you know, a year, I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised more people aren't, you know, upset and up in arms or whatever, you know. But um, I don't know. I feel like there's a – but that's the, the problem. I feel like I feel like that is the thing that probably needs to happen is we need to start talking to – to one another to figure out where all the anger and the and the you know um all this you know hate is coming from to to like kind of bring things down because you know the the downside of that is we'll 
we're just going to have a country that's constantly in conflict and that's not a great place to live. You know what I mean? Like nobody, like, have you ever been somewhere where mommy and daddy are just fighting all day long? Like that's not a, that's not a fun household to be in. You know what I mean? Where it's just like constant fighting. You you eventually want to, to not be there. Um, so I, I hope that we can, you know, start talking, but you know, I mean, that's what Dave Chappelle, another great comedian. That's what he said in that eight forty six. I don't know if people, you know, caught that, but he's like, yo, we have got to come together because if we don't, the only thing left is to the clanging and the banging, the, like shooting. Like that's the, like literally if we don't come together, the only thing left is basically fighting and war. And that's what he said in his, um, in his 846 special is like, if we don't come together and figure out how to live together, there's only one thing left. And this is why, you know, a lot of times when I'm talking, I, you know, I, I try to say things with love and I try to, you know, come at things with understanding and not so much uh, anger and, and uh, vitriol, even though sometimes it feels justified, it just leads you down a dark path. And the only place that path leads to is um, a war, which we, you know, as funny as it is, we are very close to having a situation like that if we don't start coming together. Now, um, is there anything else you'd like to share before we sign off? Um, I don't know. That's it. That's all the time we get. I could talk to y'all forever. I mean, have I been doing too much talking? Was <laughs> there anything y'all wanted to say? Because I feel like I've been rambling on. <laughs> no? <laughs> there might be questions that y'all like, let no. Um no, it's great. Um, I got the the next special is going to come out sometime in 2021. Um, you know, got to see how the year is progressing to figure out how we're going to do that. Um, but you know that the documentary will, will probably be out uh, sometime uh, March April timeframe. Um, actually, it might be it might be June. Usually, I finish a project around June, the Juneish time, so it might be it might be that late. But we'll we'll see what happens. And that's it. I'm I'm really happy about the special. You know, um, I got to say something live on YouTube. Oh, look, there it go. Totally self-produced. I I went in there and and uh, you know made the whole thing, uh, made the whole thing myself. You know, chilling in my living room. It's a great, great little piece. Oh, the the last thing I I didn't uh, mention this or whatever is uh, your listeners would be happy to to um, to hear or might want to hear. Like uh, I'm really into um bitcoin and uh different digital assets you guys should look into those things um talk about it a little bit in the special might talk about it more in the next special but it's something y'all should definitely kind of uh look into the you know world's going digital get you a piece of the digital future before it gets there Alrighty, well i think that was a great episode i really enjoyed the conversation that we had tonight it's just so much fun i get to talk to so many different people yeah. and you know dana is an amazing partner to have um I, the show would definitely not be what it is without her and all of the guests that you know definitely bless us with their time and their presence and so, y'all are, are great i love both of your shirts i love the captain marvel i love the uh roots run deep uh melanin and yeah i think i, I love the i love the shirts man y'all are y'all are doing it up y'all have a really good thing going here i hope you keep it going because i love hearing your voices and the voices that you bring on the show awesome yeah. thanks that's, that's we love the feedback like it's really yeah. good so it helps us shape the show and we always get new ideas whenever folks come on so we, we wait got did i spark any ideas what, what ideas did i spark it did. So like, I know you saw um, before the show, like I posted up the Q Park um, video to, to like, you know, hype up the level up. And I was right. like, we need to get Q Park on the show. And then yeah. I was like, we need to get Q Park. 
We said it at the same exact time. <laughs> oh man, yeah, dude, that's uh, that's cool, man. I, I appreciate the promo. I appreciate you guys sitting and and talking talking to me. And I know that my perspective may be contrary because you know to to what a lot of people's perspective uh is um kind of in the world right now but i i feel like you know it's still a valid perspective because you know i think at the end of the day once we get past you know the anger and the hurt and everything we're going to need healing and love and i hope to be you know somebody who kind of exudes that and brings that to the forefront and you know people can take that away from my my comedy yeah so Danny you know, quick said. <laughs> There you go, man. There you go. Always looking for great ideas. Thank you, Danny. <laughs> yeah, Danny has an awesome TikTok, and he's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks. So you should definitely check out his episode, too. For sure, man. I uh, I can't wait. Now, Danny, you have to go watch the special now so that we can commiserate and you can see if you enjoy my sense of humor. <laughs> That's right. Watch the special. Check it out, guys. I dropped the link in the comments, and I'll do it again. Uh, if it didn't come through, but I'll make sure folks can, can see it. Well, but, I've, been, uh, yeah. I've, been, I've been looking forward to this for a w- long time, and uh, I really do appreciate it, man. You you are you are just as great as I assumed you you were from the first time we were kicking and hanging hanging together virtually or whatever. Um, very cool, it. very much appreciate well, it. Well, that's good because then that way we're not in your next episode of your <laughs> you know talking about us like ooh, let me tell you about this podcast. I was just. <laughs> <laughs> Nah. I take all, uh, you know, hey, make fun of me. Because then they're going to be like, oh, what podcast is this? Yes. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, just uh, last, lastly, I'll say is my sister's got a great website. It's called uh, They Made Me Wear It. So if you have dogs oh. and you'd like to dress them up and put them in <laughs> certain cool things, go to her website, check it out. She's got a cool Instagram, cool um, YouTube and everything. It's called They Made Me Wear It. They made me wear it. Okay. That's amazing. I, I can see how that can be very successful with the right push. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, thank you everybody for joining us. Please be sure to like, subscribe, share, you know, get the word out about the podcast. Let us know what you think. If there are some other guests that you would like to see us bring onto the show, please drop them in the comments or send us um, an email to Podcast at gmail.com. And we look forward to hearing from all of you. Take care and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.